heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the first episode of YWC Football Talk of 2022. This is episode number 142. It's a good one today. It's a good one. Uh, joining me once again, um, last time, look, we'll get to that in a minute, is Ray Rout of the Dean Wendell Network. Ray's back. I'm back. I don't know if it's still gimmick infringement or not. That's It's, it's your call, but uh, how, how are we feeling on this day? Oh, feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Uh... I can't remember why I accused you of gimmick infringement before, but stop it. <laughs> because I'm the because you're the Canadian that talks about the Patriots. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You damn kid. I had to change my whole gimmick because of you. Now I just talk about all the NFL. Because oh yeah, yeah. Raise the Canadian Patriots guy, but no, no. Here comes Griff, the other Canadian Patriots guy. Guys, killing it on fucking. Oh, I I can swear, right? Yeah, no? uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Guys, fucking killing it on TikTok talking about all this betting shit i'm just like look at this fucking asshole just moving in on my territory how are you man happy to be here you know what i'm i'm doing good i'm doing good life's good look the pats are in the playoffs uh for those of you out there who don't know i recently got engaged so life is good life is good i can say that now because we're public with it so i can say all that stuff and also too i just gotta say quick note that this podcast is always sponsored by sidelineshop.ca all your jersey needs visit sidelineshop.ca they do a great job i got a couple patriots ones coming in from there so go check them out the link in the bio sorry i just have to plug them quickly you know gotta pay the bills but i'm doing good look how about this you're the canadian you're the canadian patriots fan who supports bayern munich and if you're for those of you watching on youtube you're wearing the bayern munich hat and i'm wearing my raptors ovo shirt so you're the bayern munich guy and then i'm the raptors guy even though i feel like we're both toronto raptors guys i can i can deal with that i am a toronto raptors guy I've been uh, I've been crying over Demar Derozan, who's just been ripping it up uh, in Chicago lately. And as you know, I watch Fred trying to drag a team all by himself <laughs> through an NBA season. No, my view of Demar right now is because obviously, like you said, like with me and TikTok and everything, I look at Demar as like that one TikTok where it's like goat little rock star. I literally, as soon as I saw him get announced as, I think it was player of the week. I'm just like, it's like you're the proud parent from the sideline where you're like, I'm proud of you. Proud. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Your Patriot fans are so interested in this conversation. Oh, 100%. 100%. They're like, this is called football talk. You're talking about DeMar DeRozan and Fred Van Vliet right now. What the fuck, man? Well, we're talking about just just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it, people. It's fun. Exactly. This conversation goes all different kinds of ways and stuff, and who knows what the direction of the podcast is, but the direction we got to go first. I said off the air, I didn't know what I was going to say about this, but... The only thing I got to say about this past Sunday is look, 50 burger. It's that, that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I'll be real with you. I lost total interest in the game about eight minutes in. It was just a route <laughs> in a blow up. Uh, I admit that I turned over to red zone after a while because it was like, all right, well, this game's over. And then it just kept switching back to Patriots games anyways, as they just continued to blow Jacksonville out. And then, and then I had it going on both. No, it was it was a good game. Um, probably about three days before the game, uh, I'm from the Dean Blundell Network. I'm also over on Newsbreak. 
Uh, but three days before that, I was on the Newsbreak app and I re- did a video and I basically said that the Patriots can't just beat Jacksonville. The Patriots have to blow Jacksonville out. And I did that about 10 weeks ago, nine weeks ago, whatever it was, when they played the New York Jets. And I was like, okay, I'll make you two and four. And if you have any shot of making the playoffs, you have to go on a winning streak here. They did seven games. Yep. But I said, when you play the Jets this week, you can't just beat the Jets. You have to blow them out. I'm not going to accept a close game against the Jets. And even the first game they played against New York, even though the score was a blowout, it never really felt like the Patriots had full control of that game. It always kind of felt like a couple of mistakes and the Jets could be back in it. Yeah. And then they just went and they blew out the Jets, blew them out. And that improved them, what, I think, three and four at the time. And then they went on that streak. And obviously, we are where we are. So going to the Jacksonville game, I was like, okay, you lost to the Colts. You lost to the Bills. Obviously, a depressing time. Uh, I was on I, – I, I was still – I took a Chris, I took a break, uh, a holiday break. My last show was on December 23rd. So I wasn't able to talk about the Bills game, which was probably better because I was kind of raging after the Bills game. Oops. And then I, I think I, I stepped away from that and – uh hashtag sports which is the buffalo bills content creator they had asked me to go on i couldn't go on as up north i didn't have enough signal but i sent them a message that here you can read this out and in that message i said like you know at the beginning of the season i said the patriots were an eight win team and over the last two weeks when they played two real playoff contenders they've looked like an eight and eight team or an eight win team they haven't looked like this competitor team they haven't looked like this team that you know i was sort of promised and what what people were said so anyways so going into the Jacksonville game, I was like, okay, you're probably going to make the playoffs because you're going to beat Jacksonville. You're going to clinch. If not, you know, maybe the Miami game means something. Obviously, Miami lost in, but I was like, okay. When you go into Jacksonville, if you want to build some momentum, you got to blow them out. You got to build confidence. Like, it can't just be a win. You're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. They suck, and you got to blow them out. And they went and dropped 50 points on them. And, I mean, I think that was huge. And I go back to – and, I, listen, I have no illusion – that the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl this year. They're not. All right? I'm sorry. I, I know you're a Pats fan. Any other Pats fans watching, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Deal with it. However, if we go back to 2018 when they won their last Super Bowl, if you recall, they lost to the Steelers. The Miracle of Miami. And the Miracle of Miami. They lost back-to-back games. And we were heading into, at that time, week 16. They were playing the Buffalo Bills. And then they finished their season off against New York Jets. The Buffalo Bills is when we saw the emergence of really Sony Michelle and what that run game could be for the Patriots. They ran all over the Bills. They won. The next week, they go, they play. I think Todd Bowles was the coach at the time. They play the Jets. They throw all over them. They smoke them. And they built all that momentum. Then the rest of the, you know, then they get the bye. And then the rest of the week, the rest of the two weeks, like, oh, they're going to lose the Chargers, or this is going to happen. They're gonna, then they go blow out the Chargers. They go to Kansas City, have one of the best defensive first halves I've ever seen, shut out Patrick Mahomes, win in overtime, go to the Super Bowl. The best defensive performance I've seen in a, in a Super Bowl. Beat the Rams, done, wrap it up. To me, that all goes back to week 16, and I say that all the time. That's where they built their identity. That was where at that moment I was like, okay, they've showed who they are. They've showed what they can do. They built some confidence. What happened week 15, what happened week 14, doesn't matter. The back-to-back losses mean nothing. And that's sort of what I was looking for for the Jacksonville game was go there, blow them out, 
show that you're the better team. And people are like, oh, it's only Jacksonville. It's only Jacksonville. It's only Jacksonville. Let me tell you something, people. All you haters, all you non-Patriot fans watching this, this show, listening to the podcast right now. Okay, when I, when, I, when I close talk to the microphone, this is when I get serious, okay? And I'm going to get serious with you for a second. Good teams blow out bad teams. That's the way it works. So anybody that's out there right now running around talking about, oh, they only beat the Jaguars. That proves nothing. They lost to Buffalo. They lost to the Colts. The Buffalo Bills lost to the Jaguars. So they can beat good teams. And the Buffalo Bills good. got their asses kicked by the Colts. Sorry to cut you off. Yes, they did. Good teams blow out bad teams. That's what the Patriots did. I'm not going to apologize for it. They shouldn't apologize for it. You have fucking idiots like Ted Johnson out there who are like, oh, they're pumping their chest out too much. Oh, they, shut the fuck up, dude. Let them build their momentum and let them carry it forward. Close talking over. You know what? I, I thought all of that. Like, I saw everyone saying, like, oh, it's just Jacksonville. Like, yeah. We can say that, like, if this game was like the Houston Texans game, I would get people saying, oh, it's just Jacksonville. But the fact that you went out there, made a statement, made Trevor Lawrence scramble, throw three interceptions, I believe, in the first half, one which was almost a pick six by Kyle Duggar, it goes to show the character of this team. And even though, like I said to you before, I cut you off and everything, look at our game against the Atlanta Falcons. We just – I know it was close at times and stuff, but they never really got any pressure on Mac. Uh, We just completely shut them down. We picked off all three quarterbacks. And then the Buffalo Bills, I have an expression. Look, you know me saying I'm betting. Many people say so this. So I got to say to you too. that was oh. the greatest line in podcast history. We picked off all three quarterbacks. That's just, yes. sorry. Go ahead. But it's all good. But then I say this with gambling because this happened to the Bills on Sunday. Good teams win. Great teams cover. The Atlanta Falcons cover the spread by half a point. I'm just throwing that out there. And now I'm not trying to rag on the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, even though I'm watching that Jags game the entire time. I'm thinking two things. One, how did the Bills lose to these guys? And two, how did Buffalo not score a touchdown against these guys? That's what I thought the entire game. Besides how good we looked and everything like that. And also, to going back to 2018, I remember all those games for various reasons. Miami, I was super pissed off. Uh, the Steelers game, I had a family Christmas, and I really hard for me to keep my composure while watching that game. Week 16, I was on a flight home from Vegas because I was for my birthday, and then Week 17, I remember that game literally was the entire time the announced team was just talking about Todd Bowles being let go, and we're like, well, there's still the game being played. Like, let's play the game first. And the only thing I have to say, too, about last week, how you were very mad for the Bills game, um, this is a very popular term right now starting in about two and a half hours in Ontario and in Quebec. I went for a mental health walk after we lost to the Bills and basically talked to myself and said all these different things because of the game, the officiating. This is now a Sean Smith hate podcast. Um yeah, so that's my whole thing about this. But, no, I completely agree with you. And also, to your take on the Super Bowl, I'm viewing this like how you told me before back in September where you said, hey, 2022, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking for them to contend to be in Arizona, which, ironically, who was the AFC representative in the last two Phoenix Super Bowls? The Patriots. The New England Patriots. Yes, sir. So, for this year, I look at – and I also told this a few weeks ago before the first Bills game to Keegan Stiefel of Pat's pulpit um, – the Patriots are basically like playing with house money this year at a casino. You, they, I said they can get to the wild card round and lose. This is still a successful season in my eyes. It's just the more further you go, it's just like the better it gets. Dude, I had this team winning eight games. Okay. Yeah. So if they, okay, if Miami wouldn't have lost last week and the Patriots went to Miami and lost and didn't make the playoffs because of it, 
That was fair. I still would have walked away and said they won 10 games. Like they walked away with a winning record. Yeah. Um, so be it. Uh, it again. And I've said that since they, to me, since they won their ninth game, it's been house money. When you come into the season with very little expectations and they exceed expectations, you can't get greedy. And, you know, I get called out all the time on my podcast by people like, oh, you said they're going to win eight games. Oh, what do you got to say now? You're jumping. Last night I had to explain to somebody what a bandwagon meant. Um, you know, it, it's – you get to a point, though, where you go a little crazy. So when they went on their seven-game win streak, I had uh, Connor Carney on, who's my Monday night co-host, and we were discussing the Patriots. And this is, this is pre-Colts game. And – we're talking about AFC championship game or bust. Like that's where we're at with the Patriots team. You know, we got so wrapped up into the seven game win streak. We got so wrapped up into Mac Jones, rookie of the year, you know, Matthew Judon, the greatest of all time. We got all wrapped up into that stuff. You know, Bill Belichick, coach of the year, executive of the year, Robert Kraft, owner of the year, fucking new England Patriot fans, fans of the year. Like we got wrapped up around the whole hysteria of the seven game win streak. And then we came back to reality. Yeah. Lose to the Colts. Terrible game by the Patriots. Terrible game. I don't want, and I, I never take anything away from the other team. The Colts won. And I hate when people are like, oh, we played like shit. That's why we lost. No, the fuck, you know what? At the end of the day, the Colts are a better team than us. Yeah. And then when we lose to Buffalo, uh, I don't think the Patriots played like shit in Buffalo. I'm going to be real with you. I don't think they do. I just think that Buffalo played a lot better offensively, defensively. I think they're a better team than us. They should be. In all reality, they should be a better team than the Patriots. Um, <clears throat> they're at like the end of their rebuild. Yeah. They're getting to the point where they're Super Bowl or bust. Yes. You got to remember the Bill Belichick just did the teardown last year. And the Patriots are going to be in the playoffs one year later. And I'm going to put this out there right now. And I know people don't want to hear this. And it's something I haven't even thought about a whole lot, but I've been thinking about it lately. My original take, if you remember, was we're built for 2022. Yes. Possibly 2023, right? Like that was my whole thing. This team might look exactly the same next year or worse. You know, um, to get to 2023, you know what I mean? To when it becomes... AFC championship game or bust by 2024 it's super bowl or bust you know when you go through the rebuild cycle yeah and then we're again and then we're we're exercising mac jones's 50-year option and then we're starting to talk big money contracts and you know that's when things become a little bit less manageable so with that being said i have thought about the reality of the patriots going to the playoffs this year maybe winning a game maybe winning two and then like missing the playoffs by a game next year and people just wanting to torch the city where the reality is. And I'm happy I'm breaking this out on your podcast. I haven't brought it on mine yet. And I'd probably get killed for it. But the reality is next year is year two of a rebuild. Yeah. You and I watch sports. It doesn't have to be just football. We watch sports. We watch the Raptors go through their rebuild. We watched all that stuff happen. Rebuilds don't happen in a year. You know what I mean? Hardly ever. So to me, is is there sustainability behind what the Patriots are doing this year? So let me let me lay this out for you a little yeah. bit. 
before people are like, because I can already hear what people are saying. I wanted you to think about some realities right now. Yes. Think about how bad the Chiefs started this year. Think about how bad the Bills have looked at times this year. Think about how bad the Colts started. Look at what happened with the Titans and all of their injuries. Look at Baltimore and how they got decimated. Look at how Cleveland absolutely fell apart at the seams. Look how the Chargers look like they're almost, they're probably still next, a next year team in the year three of their rebuild. I remind everybody, right? Look at the Raiders who sort of underperformed this year. Think about all the teams that we talked about Miami, how much they underperformed this year. Think about all the teams that we had the Patriots behind going into this season. There is no guarantee that we're going to get a repeat of that next year across the AFC. The Chiefs could come firing out of the gates. The Bills could come firing out of the gates. The Colts could come firing. And you think about all those teams who sort of underperformed. If they perform to expectation next season, and a lot of them are coming back with the same looking team. Or going to be healthy. Yeah. You're talking now the same teams that were ahead of us this year, and now you're adding in Cincinnati because we see what Cincinnati is capable of. You're probably adding in the Chargers, you know. Um, There's a really good possibility the Patriots don't make the playoffs next year. If Denver gets quarterback. Yes. I don't think Patriot fans should flip out about that, though. They will, but I don't think they should. And try to remember that this is year one of a rebuild, and it's us all live. I will stick with we have – exceeded they have exceeded all of our expectations in year one of a rebuild year two could be rough right um second place schedule next year not a third right and i mean can we just for for giggles can i look at the second place teams in the afc yeah Mm -hmm. so when we look at at our schedule next season obviously we got to play the bills twice that's going to be difficult we got to play the dolphins twice that's going to be difficult Uh, the jets who knows Right, but let's look at the standings right now, and then uh, I don't want the. Uh, we're gonna play the Colts. We're gonna have to face. Ah, sorry, there we go. We would have to face the Steelers. Who knows what they're gonna look like? Still a dominant defense. Oh, we play the whole okay. AFC North next year. My bad. Oh, so we got the whole AFC North. Yep. Got the Colts again. Yep. Second place, and the Chargers or the Raiders again. or the Raiders, depending what happens on. By the way. And then the Arizona Cardinals. I need everybody, everybody on the planet to cheer for the Colts to lose on Sunday because I don't know if you've heard this, but this is amazing. If the Colts lose Sunday, both the Chargers and the Raiders, all they need is a tie for both of them to make the playoffs. Guess who plays Sunday night football? Oh, I know. I want to see both teams kneel the ball. 15 times each and that be the entire Sunday night football game. Give me a three, three football game. No, not even three, three, just come out, kneel the ball three times, punt, <laughs> kneel the ball three times, punt, just have an, un- have a written agreement with I don't want to get hurt. Anyways, it's going to be a tougher schedule than they had to face this year. Yeah. You're going to be going up against improved teams. Got to face the AFC North next year, which sucks. I thought we, I thought we had this, the, the West for some reason. Got to play the whole AFC North next year. So you got to play the Bengals. You God knows what the Browns are going to look like. 
Yeah. You got to play the Ravens and you got to play the Steelers. The Steelers are still going to have TJ Watt. They're still going to have that great defense. They're still going to have Najee Harris and who knows who's playing quarterback. It could be Aaron Rodgers for all we know. That That's the rumor, right? Aaron Rodgers to the Pittsburgh. I don't think it's going to happen, but you got it. So if if the Patriots don't make the playoffs next year, nobody needs to flip out and say they they regressed. They're probably in an even better team next year than they were this year. Just the competition is living up to the expectation. They didn't live up to it this year. And the Patriots got some breaks. They didn't have to play Nick Chubb, you know, yeah. like they, they, you know, they didn't Derrick have to play Derrick Henry. They didn't have to play Jadavius White. They didn't have to play Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, or Julio Jones when they played the Titans, right? So they got some breaks in along the way. Again, to me, it was playoffs in 2022. 2023, we start, start talking about AFC Championship games. 2024, we start talking Super Bowl. That's a, that's a legitimate rebuild. I understand what we've had the last 20 years. But we're kind of a normal team again, yeah. right? Who exceeded expectations this year. So I don't want anybody flipping out if the Patriots start two and four again next year because it's a very real possibility. And it's something that just popped to my mind because I can just imagine the outcry. Belichick's lost the locker room. They got to get rid of him. Look, they regressed. Oh, the noodle arm of, of Mac Jones and just the bullshit that and rhetoric that's going to come from Patriot fans. But yeah, 2022, hopefully a playoff team, um, maybe a fringe playoff team. When we want to start talking about domination, when we want to start talking about like Super Bowls, Super Bowl or bust years, we're really talking 23, 24, 25 is really being the Super Bowl or bust years. We're still, we're in year one of a rebuild, guys. Last year wasn't a rebuild. Last year was the teardown, right? This is the rebuild. The fact that we are where we are, playoff position clinched. Phenomenal, phenomenal season. We're on house money. You're right. And if the the, the season ended tomorrow and they got to play the Chiefs, or the Bengals or the Bills, you know what I mean? Because it's going to be one of the three teams we got to face. They got to face possibly the Titans, depending where they end up on the schedule. I know it all depends. If, if they win, I think they play the Bills. That, that's pretty much set. If and then if they lose, there's a possibility they could drop all the way down to seven, play the Chiefs if the Chiefs Chiefs are currently in second place. Um, regardless of who we play, if they get blown out of the water week one you walk away and say this is a team that should have won seven or eight games every analyst on the planet does seven or eight games i had somebody on my channel who's a buffalo fan who gave pick who's an objective who picks six games you know what i mean um so the fact that we're at 10 gotta just enjoy it and people griff your name's griff right Yes, it is. Oh, yes, okay. All right. Because I keep calling you Griff. I'm like, fuck. All of a sudden, I'm like, I hope the guy's name is Griff, and I'm not just saying Griff <laughs> over and over. You know, Griff, some people take football way too serious. You know, at the end of the day, my, the mantra on my show is, is we watch grown men playing a kid's game. Just enjoy it and have fun. Just enjoy what's in front of you. Bet, have fun, and just know that this Patriots team is a year or two away from being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Exactly. And um, to the rebuild point, this is going to be something that you only see on YouTube, but I know all about rebuilds because I have this very sign in my room right now. They got from a playoff run last year. So believe me, I know all about rebuilds. Um, with the Pats this year, in my honest opinion, look, it's like you said, we've won 10 games. We've exceeded expectations. Where we are right now, like, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to even go back. I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to go back to last year. We should have been a 4-12 and team last year if you look at it. We should have lost the one Jets game on Monday Night Football. Probably should have lost the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. And I can't think of it all the top of my head, but there's probably another game out there that we won that we shouldn't have. Um, just uh, played like hell against the Raiders. 
absolutely yeah, all against the Raiders. Somehow we beat the Baltimore Ravens when they were really hot last year on Sunday Night Football in a game I thought monsoon. we were going to get. Monsoon. The game in a monsoon. Game. Yeah, yeah, the monsoon game. The game where I thought we were going to get absolutely stomped and I was not looking forward to it. But I think that's a testament to Bill Belichick, right? Oh, 100%. And, and, and that's the thing. If Bill Belichick is not on that team, I don't care who the coach is. I don't care if it's Josh McDaniels. I don't care if they bring in Mike Vrabel. I don't care if they bring Brian Flores back. Whoever. Uh, this team this year is like a five-win team. You know what I mean? If it really, they're a five-win team. Rookie quarterback, you know, receiving core is okay. Uh, they're not great. You know what I mean? Um, they're okay. Tight ends are okay. They haven't been playing great. They haven't really adjusted to the system. They've been, you know, Hunter Henry's been a little better, but John Smith is, you know, been just a blocking tight end. Bill Belichick in that defense is the reason where the Patriots are where they are this year. Plus, I mean, an absolute unbelievable running game. So I think that that's where we're blessed as Patriot fans through this rebuild is we still have Bill Belichick, because you're right. The seven-game win, that was a three-win team last year. Let's face it. That was a three-win team at best who ended up with the 15th overall pick because Bill Belichick didn't know how to tank a season and, and won seven games, you know? Yeah. Um, my thing though, and just, I just want to go back and say that. Yeah. Like, like I said too, that's a horrible team last year. There's some games we should not have won that we won, but this year though, I, cause I look at Bill's fans already, how their rebuild went. And because I have a Bill's fan from Buffalo, uh, Buffalo rumblings, their SB nation blog, Joe Miller, the 30 also hosts over reaction podcasts. And he told me for Bills fans, it's Super Bowl or bust mentality this year. I do not want to go into that mentality next year. You're 100% right. I Like, is this year, hell, even if we make it to the AFC Championship game, and I want to compare this kind of like the Tennessee Titans of two years ago. Remember when they got Ryan Tannehill? They didn't start him, but then they went on that run with him. They beat us, beat the Ravens, got, were almost this close to the Super Bowl. I could see something like that happening next year. And then, you know what, going into next year, there's all these expectations. Maybe we kind of like, I remember the Titans, I think, won the division on the last Sunday of the season last year, losing the wild card round to the Ravens. This year, no one really knows what to expect out of them. Sure, they added Julio. Now they're the one seed. Mike Vrabel's getting talked for for coach of the year. And there's a potential chance that, look, hey, this team can make some noise. They've dressed 88 different players this year. And they're the one seed right now. And even yeah. still then, if you look at that, the Titans, they lost to the – they got embarrassed at home to the Houston Texans. They, I know we almost lost to Houston, but they got embarrassed by Houston at home. So I kind of compare us to them, but I'm also bringing in the Bills aspect because I don't want that where Buffalo last year, they were calling it, you know what, they, they gave the Joe coin the turn to me, wildest dreams land, you know, where it was like, that's how I feel right now, but I'm not going to be coming out here and hooting and hollering and pissed off if we lose. If we lose 40 to nothing in the wild card round. And to me, in this, in my humble opinion, this season's a success. We've won 10 games, like you said. We're a playoff team. Look, we are where we are because of coaching and defense. Max playing well. But at the same time, too, look, I'm not going to go into next year being like, oh, you know what? We did this. We have to get to Phoenix next year. If we get to Phoenix next year, that's great. I'm looking at getting to Vegas or New Orleans in 24 or 25. That's my honest opinion. And that's how you, I, that's the thing with football too, where I agree with you. And my mom brings this up all the time of how fans always fight each other in the stands, how men are like fans are crying when their team loses or get emotional. I've been there. You don't see players doing that after even regular season games. They're all high five and hugging each other. They're all friends in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. There's emotions because you get to the playoffs. You're getting so close to your goal. They get snatched away from you. That's understandable. 
But at the same time, you're 100% right too. We're literally grown men watching grown men play a game that's meant for children. I love that term. I had to use it again. I had to use it again. But at the same time too, that's why I like having you and other people on here because a lot of the times you guys put things into a true perspective. And I really like that. I like how it's not just, I know, look, can we be Homer fans sometimes? Yes. Can Patriot fans be annoying? Absolutely. I think we kind of earned the right to be over the last 20 years. But at the same time, too, look, we're back to square one right now. And you're right. This is year one of a rebuild. I don't want to be going into year two thinking that, hell, next year we can go nine and eight. Is it a failed season? Probably not. No, it's no. second year of a rebuild. It's a second exactly. year of a rebuild. No, and I agree with you. Uh, by the way, just for your fan base to know, my fan base knows what I tell them all the time. I hate Patriot fans. I say it all the time. I go, the, when someone says to me, what fan base do you hate the most? And, like, everybody expects me to, like, to say Chiefs or the Colts. I'm like, oh, Patriots. And they're like, really? I'm like, oh, I hate Patriots fans. That's what I just hate. But uh, away from that, though, uh, yeah, no, man. People, like, again, I said it to you. People take football way too serious, right? Like, it's um, the toxicity. There's the uh, toxicity. Uh, well, there's taking it serious and there's not taking it serious. You look at the, I watch your Twitter account. You're not a toxic Twitter account. There's a toxicity of Twitter. There's, you know, everything else. Like, I mean, if you watch my account, I am the biggest troll in the world, but not like that evil. I want to hurt your feelings and hurt you troll. Like I'm the one who just like writes stupid shit. You know what I mean? That I'm like, and I do that to get reactions from people. I'm a content creator. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but I, I get responses. I've had like, I, I, I was having this conversation. I'm going to draw a name drop here if I can. I was having an, an off, off air conversation with Dean Blundell. Uh, for those of you in the States, you don't give a fuck. Canada, it's a big deal. Um, it's not even all, like GTA. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm, having, uh, I'm having a conversation with Dean Blundell. And I said to him, and I don't know if anybody watches Dean Blundell's show. They get into deep shit. They, they get into a lot of deep shit, um, especially around COVID and all that kind of stuff. And they piss off a lot of people. Yeah. And I asked him one day, I'm like, how many times a day do you get death threats? Right. I'm like, because I talk about football and I've had people wish death on me. I've had people wish I get cancer. I've had people uh, threaten to kill me. I've had people over shit. I've tweeted about football. I tweet about nothing important. The most important thing I tweeted on my, my Twitter page today was a stat. I found about pornography, which, you know what I mean? Like that's how unserious my Twitter account is. That's how unserious my podcast is. It's very rarely that I address a serious issue unless I feel like we need to address an issue and it gets done in the first part of the podcast then we have fun again um people take and i'm sure as your following is growing you're probably seeing it as well people take i think people are so miserable in their own lives of whatever's happening in their personal life that they start living vicariously through football and this and and the connection and the family the atmosphere that you get through sports and it comes out as toxic so if i come out and say hey you know mac jones had a noodle arm today um you get these Mac Jones fans that are like, you fucking, I can't believe you root against your own team and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, read my tweet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had a guy yesterday. He's like, oh, raise on and off the bandwagon all season. And I do explain to him what a bandwagon meant. I was like, 
I was like, I've been on and off of whether this team is good. I'm like, a bandwagon is a cheer thing. It's whether or not you cheer for a team. It's whether or not you support a team. Like, I literally had to spend five minutes of my podcast yesterday explaining to somebody what bandwagon meant, right? And you get that toxicity that comes. And I think it's because people take it so serious. And I can't stress this enough to people. And, dude, for three and a half hours when there's a game – you can't take anything I write on my Twitter account serious because I'm just fucking rage tweeting or happy tweeting or, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, I'm like, you. Yeah, I have the emotions. I've cried after games. I sulked during Super Bowl 51 before the comeback. I went outside. It's a famous line people know about. I went outside with my wife and uh, they were down 28 to, to nine at that point. Steven Gostowski had just missed the extra point. I walked yep. outside for a smoke with my wife and she says, you okay? And I literally like a little kid fucking pouted, stomped my foot and said, "They, you know, I don't even care if they win or lose. Like they're getting blown out. It's not even a close game. Like they just ruined my Super Bowl experience. I said those words. It's ruined my Super Bowl experience. Like I'm a fucking five-year-old. We're going to have those emotions as fans. However, when the game's over, the game's over. Like you can't carry this into your life in the sense of like fucking wishing death on me because I said that Mac Jones has has a, a noodle arm. And I'm telling you right now, if you follow me on Twitter or you want to at DPN underscore Ray, um, the only thing that's going to get you blocked is sending me a death threat. That's the only thing I'll ever block you for. I mute a lot of people because you annoy me. But yeah. the only time I'm going to get blocked is if you send me a death threat or wish cancer or wish something on my mother or whatever. But I'm like, the fact that you – and forget being a keyboard warrior, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't even get mad at that kind of stuff. I feel sorry for these kind of people. So I'm like, you are so miserable in your life that you were sending me a death threat because I said Mac Jones has a noodle alarm. As you can tell, it's very fresh. <laughs> right? This is some, <laughs> something that just happened. But um, I'm like – and the whole joke of it was, is I was quote tweeting another tweet and saying Mac Jones had a noodle arm was actually a shot at Max Kellerman, who used to always say that Tom Brady had a noodle arm. And I quote tweeted, Mac Jones has a noodle arm as a joke, as sort of a sarcastic joke. And I literally had a guy message me and send me a death threat yesterday. And I just sit there or wish death on me, not a death threat, but wish death on me. And I'm just like, guys, it's a fucking game of football and griff i'm telling you man when people can just accept that we're watching a game right you got a beautiful fiance i think you have a job you probably have a job yes, I do. you're whether the patriots win on sunday or not dude you're getting up monday morning and going to work you yep. know what i mean um whether they win or lose you're still gonna marry your beautiful bride um you know if they win or lose on Sunday, I still got responsibilities as a father. I still got to come do the podcast. I you still got this responsibility. And at the end of the day, like I still got to walk the dog winning or losing does not change my life whatsoever. Besides maybe put me in a better mood to a, to a grumpier mood in some sort of sense. So I just implore people enjoy the game, feel the emotion, get wrapped up in it, but just remember it's a game. And try to also remember too, like, um, I don't get up, look, I don't get upset when people send me those kind of things, you know, like wishing death on me. Yeah. Um, but I do walk away a little sad and I'm not kidding you. Like I feel sad for them because you are so sad in your life or angry in your life that you're using football as a weapon 
You know what I mean? Because you're so you invest all of your baggage and emotion into a game. Don't do that. People work on yourself. Use it as an outlet. Like I use football, soccer, basketball, um, as an outlet to like, Hey, here's three hours of my day. I don't have to think about the bullshit in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know I'm getting a little bit deep here, but I know we're talking about these fan, fan bases and people get angry and this and that, because I, I can foresee a meltdown in Pat's nation next year. Uh, last year, I'm not even kidding you guys last year, uh, during my podcast, I have a, I have a pretty large following. Um, uh on different networks uh, but i have a pretty large following yeah i received during that seven and nine season six death threats uh i had cancer wished on me four times and i had death wished on me five times throughout that season by either a defending the team or when i finally gave up on cam newton or what not a toxic fan base yeah, and that's Patriots fans. And all I thought was throughout all those times, the only time I get mad is when someone threatens my family, right? Like when you yeah, you want to come at me, come at me, don't get my family involved, right? But all I thought through that period was, was, yo, this is a fucking game. You know what I mean? Like you're this mad over a game. Cam Newton doesn't know who you are. He's never going to know who you are. Like Cam Newton doesn't sit there and say, Oh, Ray and Griff were talking about me on the podcast. And I no. Cam Newton goes on YouTube. sees like, Oh, Ray and Griff talk about Cam Newton. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. And he moves on with his life. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, you just wished fucking cancer on me. You hope that I died a slow death of cancer because I said Cam Newton is washed up. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, fuck, you live a sad life. You know, like you live a sad, sad life. And and I wish you the best. I'm sorry. I don't know how I got on this tangent, but it's uh, all uh, my whole thing is, is at the end of the day, man, just enjoy it. It's football. It's fun. It's a release. Life fucking sucks. Great. You and I, let's talk about it. We're, what are we now? What time is it? 9.45 p.m. Stand, Eastern Standard yep. Time? And what happens yeah. about two hours from now? Yeah, we are now in two hours and 15 minutes away um, from going back into a lockdown in Ontario. No more eating dining. Uh, the schools are shut down for until two weeks. Uh, I got sent home two weeks ago from work in preparation for this, and I'm home until at least January 31st. Um, we're going to go on our mental health walks. We're going to, you know, uh, all gain another 20 pounds because we're locked at home. So what the fuck am I going to do? Should I sit down on Sunday and just engross myself into the game and take four hours of my life where I don't have to think about this bullshit pandemic? Or should I sit there angry about it and start fucking threatening people on Twitter? You know what I mean? Enjoy the game, get engrossed in it, enjoy it, win or lose. That was four hours that we didn't have to think about movie theaters and restaurants and you know our, our job security and and, and hospitals and twenty thousand cases or whatever like it's four hours of just bliss of like dude saturday or sorry friday i'm watching Bayern. it's gonna be two hours they haven't played since uh december 17th it's gonna be two hours they've been on winter break it's gonna be yeah. two hours of just oh football you know what i mean and then yeah. sunday Saturday, two games, man. Prime time, two games. Guess what? All day Saturday, football. Yeah. Right. And then what is it? Is next? No, next Monday is not the national championship. No, this coming Monday. This coming Monday. Yes, it is. So then you got Sunday football, playoff implications through the door or through the roof, and then we got Georgia Alabama on Monday. 
guys, we live, what a time to be alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Enjoy it. Don't sit in the misery. Use sport to get us out of the misery. And just remember, even if you send death threats to me, I'm going to keep saying Mac Jones has a noodle arm because it's a fucking joke and it's funny and just accept it. 100%, 100%. No, I've, I've always used that too. I like, even today too, getting, I know us for us local people probably are not going to go fuck about this, but a team I love is Toronto FC. My family season ticket holder since 2011. I love it. Insignia coming here. I think Dude. I'm sure Dude, like, can we saw can we talk about this for a second yes i wanted two years ago i wanted byron to sign him okay two years ago i was begging byron to sign he's gonna be 31 years old he's still yeah. in his prime 15 mil a year it's a lot of money but yeah. holy shit i'm gonna put it right now i don't care if you guys don't care griffin i do Dude, I put I I literally I should have worn TFC stuff tonight. Um, not buying stuff, but dude, I'm putting it right down. Ibramovich was washed up when he got here. Beckham was washed up. Frings was washed up. Lampard, so on, so on, so on, so on. Lampard, Rooney, Schweinsteiger. Toronto FC is gonna have the first star, like star, who's still in his prime, who can still play in his prime. I'm jacked. Like, I'm so... When I saw that signing, I think I tweeted about it. I was just like, holy fuck, let's go. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, that's huge. We won't be able to go to the games, but it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hold, I'm holding it. I'm still holding a hope for that because it's outside. But, you know, that's another topic for another day. I don't want to bring any of that in. No, 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 no. Don't bring it. I use this as a... Because, weirdly enough, I started this uh, literally Sunday was two years since I did my first show. I'm 142 episodes in. Um, I remember it was like right when COVID started, like just before COVID started. What's going on outside right now? I use this same thing. I use this as an escape. The reason I started this, and I've always said this since day one, someday I could get a big job out of this. Fantastic. I'm not doing this for that. I do this podcast because I get to talk about a game that I love, game that I cherish so much, a game that I'm super passionate about. And when I said that I'm, I can get passionate, I mean, I'll do stuff like, you know, I could like maybe I'll like slam the back of a chair, like which I did during Bill's game, or like I'll swear, or I'll like, you know, th- like maybe throw a blanket or something. But I'm not going to be that crazy fan, you know, where I go on, I'm going to wish someone bad because they said something bad, or I'm going to like, you know, you see people like break their TVs and stuff, or like infamous video of the guy who like punches his laptop and like the screen just cracks. That's not me. But my whole thing here is. I created an outlet so I can come on here with my friends, which has led to guests. I tweeted this on New Year's Eve. I've gone from just having my friends on to having people who have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, who work for PFF, who work for SB Nation, who work for Rogers Sportsnet. I've had former, I've had a former CFL player on here before, Davis Sanchez, who covers the CFL for TSN. Um, I've had all these people on here, and it's literally just, just something I like to get caught up in. And I just think, like, holy crap, all the connections I've made through this podcast, I love it. And look, if this just ends up being a fun side hobby that I get to do twice a week during the season and once a week in the off season, when we get to the really, you know, the, when the off season dwindles down, which but I still like to say this, the NFL, the NFL off season, Trey Wingo said the best on, on overdrive. If you're familiar with that show on TSN 1050. Yes. Um, for those of you folks, I don't care. Look, like Ray said, we're going off on different things, but look, it's my show. I'm going to talk about whatever the fuck I want. And to the swearing thing earlier, do I care about swearing? Go ahead and do it. Just don't swear like a sailor. That's my only thing. Like, don't, you know what I mean by that? 
It's basically, I just like to do this just for the fun of it, but I try and go back to that point. I also jump all over the place. He said there's three different seasons. There's the actual season, there's the preseason, and then there's the off-season. Off-seasons in hockey, basketball, baseball, like you don't hear crap about the Blue Jays right now. Especially, all oh, there's also a strike, but I don't, that's, that's besides the point. Football, I'd say for maybe, except for that point between the draft and the schedule coming out till basically training camp is the only real quiet time in the NFL. Season ends, we go to the combine, we have free agency, then there's all this draft prep. That's why I do a football podcast. So historically, my views go significantly up in the off season than they do during the season. Same. Yeah, like my consistent viewership is so much higher, especially in the dead months of February and March when people are just looking for their football fix. You know what I mean? My my views always go down around August when training camp starts. That's when things drop off a bit. Um, I'll tell you what, like, I mean, we're probably averaging six, 700 views on YouTube. Say my, my podcast has always performed better. Like say about eight, 9,000 downloads on the podcast. And then, you know, um, on news break, I'm about 50,000 a video, um, different platform. Um, but during the off season, we're at like, averaging 25 to 3000 views per live per podcast. You know what I mean? Monday to Friday, we're averaging like a hundred thousand views on news break. It's amazing how the off season people are so much more interested in watching what we do. As soon as the season starts, like, all right, Ray, shut up. Like come back in February. You know, <laughs> like it's... Because I want to add something to that point. Whenever there's a shitty game on and people were tweeting about it, like how last night's Monday night football game, Pittsburgh, Cleveland game sucked. I'm saying this right now, people that's, I, I don't like to do that. Yeah, sure. I say this every when I see a Monday night game. Like, Fuchs did on my birthday when it was originally just Bears-Vikings. I said, this game's going to suck. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Why? Because I'm a football fan, and I know that come March and April, I'm going to be yearning. And what I know that's a weird term, but I'm going to be feeling. That's why I did the little neck-scratching thing, like I'm, a, like I'm a meth addict or something like that. Because you're going to want your fix then. So be thankful for what you have now, because you're not you're going to regret it when it's gone. That's how it is every football season. Hundred percent. The NFL is the longest off season and the shortest season of yeah. everything. I mean, the moment the Super Bowl ends, it's. I remember last year, uh, I was working for Sportscaster at this time last year. Uh, we'd already been given our notice that we were done at the end of February, and the Super Bowl finished, and we were kind of wrapping up our time at Sportscaster. We'd already. I think we picked Super Bowl Sunday to make the announcement that we were leaving Sportscaster. It's when I was still with Connor Car- commentary or Connor Carney. And uh, we were just, we got into this weird discussion on the pod. One of those ones where we forgot we were on a podcast and we were just having this like weird discussion about our future. Right. And yeah. um, it was great. I mean, the fans loved it, but we, we had this whole thing. And um, anyways, we got to this whole point where we're like, Super Bowl was yesterday. I was like, yeah. I'm like, what are we going to do for the next like eight months? Cause that's literally like where we're at. You know what I mean? You're talking yeah. the end of Fe- you're talking like the beginning of February till the beginning of August before preseason starts. And no one really cares about preseason. So you're really talking February till September. Yeah. I'm like, what are we going to do for like, the next eight months? Like just like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I don't know. And we're just like, and we're talking about, it. and then it just happened. Like at that time, Scott Hansen had sent out a tweet and he's like, 218 days until the next football game you know and we're all just like oh that sucks like 
hockey man like hockey finishes like in july in september they're back on the ice yep. you know what i mean so the the, the turnover is so quick it's why nobody cares about their off season baseball's got a long off season as well but again it, it's you know with with that the draft is mid-season you basically have one day of free agent frenzy and then you're just waiting for spring training to start right even still spring training still like six weeks it is but i think with baseball the difference with baseball is though and i say this is like like don't forget like football's a weird one because football is the signal that summer's over you know what i mean it's a lot of you know summer vacations are done kids are back at school life kind of goes back to quote-unquote normal whereas like spring training is the signal that like winter's almost done you know what i mean like it's summer's around the corner the boys are back on the field um uh you know pre-pandemic i went down every year to spring training right to um watch the blue jays a couple times but i go around and watch a lot of things a lot of different teams and um <clears throat> that was like i don't know spring training is different i can i the thing is is i cannot stomach preseason football like i can't i hate it i hate every second of it um i do it because i have to cover it but i don't like it right i say that whereas I don't know. Baseball is just a different atmosphere. Like I can sit and watch a spring training game and just be like, it's great. You know, it's great. Um, spring training is something that's always been on my sports bucket list to do. I've, I've, done, I've gotten the chance to do many different things. Like, for example, I've been to Jay's playoff games. I uh, don't, if you remember the shirt, this was from game one of the, I got to go to game one of the NBA finals. Uh, I was there when TFC won their MLS cup in 2017. And I'm not just putting spring training on a pedestal above all those. I'm just saying spring training is something I've always wanted to do. But you're right, though, in that sense, because even I'm going to go back to hockey, too. I'm a diehard hockey fan. I love to play the sport. It's another reason why I'm a little irked right now because I don't get to play it, but outdoor rinks are still open, thank God. Even in hockey, their month of August, after their month of August, nothing happens unless a trade or something sporadic comes up. It's kind of like how they say in the NFL offseason, if your name's coming up in like June or July, it's probably for a bad reason. It's the same thing with hockey. So... That's where I love football because, like I said, hey, once the season's done, because even talk, I, I'm actually going to go off the point when football's done. Because in February, I will be already talking about what I think the Patriots are going to be doing for 2022. I already am going to be doing that. Like, even still free, I remember free agency last March, obviously the, cuck, the cuckoo-ness of it all. I remember I was in the car, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, she looks at me, she's like, Patriot signed someone. I'm like, oh, who? She's like, she butchered the name. I know she's 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 outside the door right now. She's like John. She said John Smith, but she's like Jan. He was like Janu. She said, I'm like, I'm like, all right, awesome. And then it was just like 45 minutes later, it was like Matthew Judon, and then like all this stuff. And I was like, at that point, I really wanted Hunter Henry, and then I kind of gave up hope on that because I was like, you know what? We got Janu. We're good. And then the next day, I get the tweet from Adam. I think it was Adam Schefter, Diana Rossini, saying, yeah, we got Hunter Henry too. So. And that's even my point too. And even now still getting, I, I've been more plugged into the draft now too, which I think is a huge thing, which if you're a casual football fan, get to know these college prospects, watch the national championship game this Monday. Um, I know that the couple of the guys from ESPN, including the color commentator, Kirk Curb Street, which I'm also, every podcast I do, I, I quote unquote stared him because I own his book, his biography. I'm looking at it right now. Fantastic book out of, out of the pocket by Kirk Curb Street. And they will dissect the game for you perfectly. They're also calling Broncos Chiefs on Saturday. So that's going to be a treat for NFL fans. That's something, when I found out they were calling one of the games, it's my dream to have a Patriots game called by Fowler and Herb Street. So I'm going to go back to the Patriots for a second. My worst nightmare for the season was week 18, 
Patriots, Dolphins, and we're in the Charger Raiders situation. Yep. We're not going to be. And also, I'm going to say something else to you right now. Going, excuse me, going back to your point about the Colts Jags game Sunday. Do you know the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville was 2014? Yeah, I was actually, I just had Lauren's own from the Believe in Colts podcast on my podcast Ooh. tonight. And uh, we were joking about that. However, they haven't beat them at home. However, one of those losses came in London. Yes. Uh, London, England. But yeah, it's been since 2014 since they beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, which is why I, we all need to cheer for Jacksonville this weekend because I want to see what happens on Sunday Night Football between the Raiders and the Chargers if they both need a tie to make the playoffs. It'll be fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And even still, I'm still going to watch the games. But the other thing I'm going to say, too, and you said this about Scott Hansen, that got me thinking to be really depressed. This is the last Sunday of Red Zone. I love Red Zone. Yeah, I, I love Red Zone. I can literally sit on my couch for whenever like i i usually watch the pats like i'll never pick pats over red zone or i even got to the point and i don't know why this happens but if we play at four o'clock i'll watch a random game at one because every time i've watched red zone before the patriots we've lost that's where i consider myself a little crazy where i have like super super certain things that happen so it's your fault yes <laughs> the only time it happened there was only the only times it happened were it happened for the first dolphins game and the cowboy game after the cowboy game i was like for the charger game i'm like I'm going to watch football on TV. So CTV for us, even though I've used a zone for this past Sunday. You, and we you, wouldn't beat the Chargers. You superstitious people make me laugh. I, I love it. I love it. Don't forget. I love it. Like, That's why I'm a, a weirdo. That's why I'm a weirdo fan. I came out a couple years ago and I was like, I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I was like, great, you're going to jinx it. And I'm like, listen, like nothing I say right now has any impact on what's going to happen on the field. I said, I said, if the Patriots lose on, if the Patriots lose the Super Bowl, I said, I don't anticipate Bill Belichick going, uh, we uh, we thought we were going to win, but uh, Griff from Toronto watched Red Zone last Thursday and uh, or last Sunday, and uh, it's his fault we lost the game. So, fuck you, Griff. Uh, you know, blame him for us not It's winning. all up here. It's all I know. up here. Oh, I love it. Sucks. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I listen. I, I got friends who are super superstitious. Um Right, don't say that, man. You're gonna jinx them. So I just keep saying it over and over again just to irritate them. You know what I mean? I'm like, Patriots are gonna win the Super Bowl. That's why I take a cautious, optimistic approach. That's why I like to be cautiously optimistic. I like to say it, but at the same time, too, it's like with last Sunday, because of obviously I, I'm not look, I, I don't have a huge social media following like you. I'm still working my way up. I only have a few hundred followers. I have a hundred something on TikTok. But people will ask me gambling advice, and they always have the Patriots like with Jacksonville, they're like, Hey, do you want to say I'm gonna cover? I want to say yes, but I don't want to say yes. Cause every, like, it's the same thing too. Every time I think, you know, when you get confident is when your team loses. Yeah. So I like to, I, I kind of like to take that approach and even too, every, cause I said it for the, the second jets game, the Falcons game and the Jags game. I was like, you know what? I'm like, this could be trap games. None of them ended up being trap games. And there are three biggest margins of victory in the year. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, You get to a point in this whole content creation thing. Yes. You're not there yet. You'll get there. Yeah. You get to this whole point where you stop giving a shit, right? And you're just like, I actually prefer to be wrong now, to be real with you. Yeah. Just so your audience knows. I love being wrong because I love getting called out on it. Because it's, uh, no, uh, no, what I always, you know what, dude? At the, at the end of the day, no matter what you say, not going to affect the outcome of the game. Number no. two, just own it. That's what I say to people. Like, I completely, I'm just as proud of my 
cold takes as I am on my hot takes. I retweet every year. Well, now it doesn't matter because he's gone. But I went through this this streak where every year I retweeted my tweets from 2000 and whatever when I said that uh, this Stephon Gilmore kid is a bum and the Patriots <laughs> need to get rid of him. And, you know, it's, you know, whatever, right? Um, I, I own it. You got to own it. You got to just, you know, and it's fun and and people are going to get upset and you just, you got to laugh at yourself you can laugh at yourself you can laugh at, at everybody else i used to be such a i used to be such a like i cared so much about what people thought about me and like oh man i didn't swear on my podcast so i was like i gotta sound like really professional and this and that and then it stopped being fun for me and i'm like you like i you know okay i look i've got some opportunities out of it. I, I, God bless them. You know, news break sportscaster, Dean Bundell. Um, and I appreciate all of them for, for giving me that break, give me that opportunity and, and give me the platform and, and I'll always be internally grateful for it. However, you know, I left the color cast out because it wasn't fun. You know what I mean? Like color cast at a time when I didn't have a home, uh, after we got fired from sportscaster, it wasn't until Dean Bundell signed us that we, we had a, had a home. And Colorcast offered us a home and they gave us a chance to move the podcast and, and, and offered us a home. And I was there for a month and I fucking hated it. And I left, you know what I mean? Because I always tell people the moment this isn't fun anymore, I'm not doing it anymore. You know what I mean? Like this coming on your show, doing my show, whatever. It has to be fun. This is what we're here for. I've always said to this, the day I stop having fun watching football I pack it all up. You know what I mean? Because the, the moment football affects my life to the point where I can't function the next day or the day after I'm like, I can't watch anymore. You know what I mean? Like I need to sports are my escape talking about them, watching them. It's my fucking escape from life. Life, dude, I'm a social worker, man. I deal with a lot of heavy shit on an everyday basis. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I need this. I need what we're doing right now. Uh, talking shit, talking sports, talking what it means to us. Even just having a conversation of what sports mean to us is an escape from what it is. You know what I mean? Because I'm just having this sort of deeper conversation, but in the sense of of this. I know you're sitting there right now. I'm telling you, Griff's sitting there right now. I was like, I, I had this whole plan of we're going to talk about the Patriots and Ray's coming on here talking about death threats and fucking <laughs> everything else. But it, it, it's the truth, though, man. I'm just being as real as real. I did a two-hour podcast prior to this. I'm exhausted, so you're getting the real unfiltered me right now. Um, you got to just fucking have fun with it, man, and get mad. You know, get mad. Just don't let it control your life. That's what I say to people. I completely agree with that. Like, even too, I know I had this plan. We were going to, I was going to rip into Joe judge for what he said and the giants and how I like to rip on the giants for fun. Cause look, they beat us and every chance I get to rip into them, I'll take. Um, and even still, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown, but I feel like everyone else has done that so far. So you know what? These are even the best conversations too, where just, it goes off the rails. You don't care about what gets said. It is what it is. It's just a genuine conversation. Cause sometimes the best podcast is just when, you know what you like, I've had, I've had people before where they're like, oh, so what are we going to talk about? And I have to give like certain points and stuff like that. When you go in and free ball it too, it's just, it's just fun. That's why, that's why I like doing this. Like I said, I, I'm the same way too. I'll do this the day it stops being fun. Like I said before too, like I remember how I brought up to you before I started literally two months before COVID hit. Throughout last year, obviously, look, we, I know obviously Ontario wasn't locked down more than anyone else. It was easy to do it. It was fun to do it. The last six months or so when stuff was actually open, we actually were able to do a lot of shit. 
that's when it was challenging because you know what? I had to revolve my social life and my personal life around recording a podcast. I always have to leave, you know, an hour or two twice a week, especially during football season open to record, but you know what? That's the fun of that's I, I, I found that kind of fun where it's like, you know what? This is a, not just a passion project of mine. This is something I enjoy doing. This is something, look, two years ago, if you told me I would be almost 150 episodes, I'd probably laugh. I think a lot of people would assume I'm going to do this for like, you know, 20 or 30 and then just give up and go on to the next thing. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still rocking. I'm still kicking. And that's what it is. But even like, I know, like you said, look, with content creation, everything, I've gotten to that point. You were stop giving a shit. I'll give you a perfect example. Literally the last time you were on the week of the box Patriots game, Brady's return home, the saints played the giants that entire week. I was so on the saints to cover seven and a half points. What did the saints do? They lost in overtime to the New York giants. And I had to eat a plate of crow from giants fans, including per- good, including close friends of mine who, I know through, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, you see my Twitter, but I'm also into the wrestling community. YWC stands for YouTube Wrestling Community. That's how I got my start on YouTube, was doing wrestling videos, wrestling trip vlogs, which I kept private for a very long time. Even this podcast, too, for the first year, not a lot of people in my personal life until I started posting about it, knew about it, because I didn't, I've always had that perception, you know, where, not what I think, where I don't want, I don't know what other people are going to think, so I'm going to keep something private. Now I'm at the point where, look, you, if you go to my Instagram, I post all my betting content. Two weeks ago, I went 0 for 5. Literally, I had three player props, and I had two picks. Both didn't hit, one of which was the Chargers. I thought they were going to smoke the Texans. Someone said that, and I literally made a video saying, I'll, and I'll be honest with you on this too, for Sundays for NFL. I have made $0 gambling on the NFL on Sundays. I've made money gambling on other sports. I have yet to hit a parlay on an NFL Sunday. I came close Close a few weeks ago with the Bills and the Buccaneers game, I had the Bills to win the game because I don't know if you saw this, but I was in Buffalo that weekend when we, we could go down without testing. I went to the stadium and I filmed the TikTok in the pouring rain because I that's like that's part of my dedication where I'm like, you know what? People are going to reach out and do this. Help Bart Scott liked the video I posted and it's got like a few thousand views on my Instagram reel account. That's amazing. But that's like the thing, like what like what we're saying right now. It's we do something because we love it. And that's the other thing too. I'm going to go back to my YouTube channel earlier in the days. I don't do many wrestling videos anymore because a lot of the time it became like a chore where I would have to be in the moment where I'm like, you know, where you're just doing something and you're like, fuck, I got to do this now. That's what, that's what it felt like this. So like when I reach out to you and say, Hey, Tuesday night, you want to record it? Like, I know, obviously I said to you before we started recording, I'd like to end before 10. It's a little after 10. It is what it is. We're having a good conversation. But I look forward to that. I record next on Thursday. Um, something I'm excited to announce tonight that I'm going to start doing probably next week is I'm going to be getting more involved with Twitch. Just another outlet to, you know, promote myself, get views, get maybe some more listeners to the show. Because at the end of the day, like I said, look, if this podcast goes somewhere and I get to be somewhere like you, that's great. But if I stay at a podcast where I'm only getting, say, if 20 people listen to this podcast, if 100 people listen if I get one where five people listen at the end of the day I know that I reached someone took the time out of their day to listen to mine and that's that's more truly what I'm thankful for than views or anything else or where I want to go like I'm not doing this being like hey I want to do this I want to like get this out there I can get this out there I know that's part of me but I'm trying to say that because I know that at the end of the day this is something I enjoy doing and I'm going to keep doing it like you said until it becomes something that you feel like you're forcing yourself to do 
And dude, that's what you got to do, man, to be real. Like, um, when I started my YouTube channel, I started in 2017 as a joke, just so everybody knows. Um, I didn't even go by Ray route. I went by Donnie O'Donnell and I legit talked in a shitty Boston accent. And I just, what I did was as a joke, just to troll basically was i took everything that people say about pager fans all oh, your arrogant you're this you're that you're blah, blah blah i made a list and i created this character donnie o'donnell it would literally come on the air and be like yeah what's going on it's your boy donnie o'donnell listen here man we're talking all about the past today and we're going to talk about why they're going to go and they're going to whoop the dolphins on the weekend because number one two throws the ball he's just interception over and over again mac jones isn't just going to be rookie of the year. He's MVP. He's going to be Super Bowl MVP. It's going to be fucking phenomenal. I was down at a Flanagan's pub. I saw Bill Belichick, me and Bo were talking, and that was it. That was my videos for like for like a, like six months. It's Donnie O'Donnell character. And I started getting like comments from people that were like, hey, dude, like you actually like in between your stick say some knowledgeable things. Like, why don't you drop the shitty Boston accent and just, you know, be you? And then, like, I finally one day, like, admit it. My name is Ray Route, not Donnie O'Donnell. I talk like this, not like this, you know, like, <laughs> it went through the whole thing. And then kind of, like, went into a different direction. My goal, when I started my YouTube page, I'll tell you right now, there was this shitty YouTuber. And I saw him on a video. I didn't even, like, go into, I didn't even go on his YouTube. I was watching this video that he was, like, this, someone was showing his video. And he had 60 subscribers. And... My goal was like, I have to get 61. Like I have to get more subscribers than him. (laughs) And I believed at the time that like, Hey, if I get 61 subscribers, fuck, I'm happy, man. That's all I want. That's all I need. Then I got a hundred and then I got 200 and I was like, all right. Then I got like to like six, seven, 800. Then I got like this goal. Okay. I want to hit a thousand, but dude, if I hit a thousand, I'm like famous. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) You know, like this is what I'm going on. And then and then I had two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, you know, and so on and so on. Um, I'm almost at ten thousand now. But then like and then I, I get hired by, by sportscaster. I become the number one rated sportscaster and the number one rated show on their channel. We were averaging fifty thousand views per episode. Per episode. Um fucking just you know we're the number one performing show for them. I'm making good money. They go broke, they fire me because really we were I hope that people uh, from I'm sorry guys we were our show was the only one making money for them so they were losing money across the board for everybody that they were paying so they had to let everybody go um we go back we start dear pats nation um to start we start you know boom and we start hitting things hitting things hitting things. we're growing we're growing we hit a couple sponsorships you know we partner up with symbol like we've got this whole like this whole thing going and then like again and then we 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 partner up with that and then my whole life right and then we're with Newsbreak and Newsbreak is paying us really good money and I'm not bragging I'm just saying they're paying us really good money and then I sign on with Dean Blundell which is like a fucking dream come true for me I'm working for Dean Blundell right um for those of you who aren't from Toronto you might not get it but it's a big fucking deal for me like I'm I'm working for Dean Blundell directly um I I'm on a like I I was saying this the other day to someone like I'm not someone who gets proud of themselves. And my wife's always like, are you proud of yourself? I'm like, no, like, what the fuck? I talk about sports. Like, what is there to be proud about? You know, I do things in my, my real job that I'm a lot more proud of. But then like, sometimes like things like strike me. Like I was telling a story that I'm like, yeah. So I was talking to Dean and we're doing that. And like the fact that I'm on like, just like a first name basis. Like, it's just, I'm talking to Dean blows my mind at times. Right. So I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I went and it's not like I'm, bragging about my success, but I'm in this, I was in the same boat as you. And I think you got to keep this attitude. Like, you know, 
keep your goal simple because that's what I, I wanted 61 subscribers. That was my goal. I've never had another YouTube goal besides 61 subscribers. You know what I mean? Like I've never sat there and been like, okay, here's my next step. Here's my next step. Here's my next step. I wanted 61 subscribers. I'm now at like whatever, 9,800. My YouTube channel is dead, by the way. Just so like I go on it every night just to record the podcast. It's dead. Yeah. But news break, Dean Bluntell, that's where my big following is, right? Like it's, it's, I've now got like 12,000 followers, almost, you know, 20, almost 12,500 over on Newsbreak. Uh, I just had, I just had a blog on Dean Blundell go over a hundred thousand clicks. You know what I mean? Like it's um, all that from my, I want to hit 61. Right. And that's yeah. why it's fun for me because I'm like you, I don't do this. I have a job. I don't do this because it's like, this is my job. I do this because I'm like, Hey, this is fucking fun. I love coming out and having conversations. So I like doing, I don't just so you know, I'm going to pump your tires a little bit for your audience. Okay. okay. And it's going to sound like I'm so high on myself. And I am a little bit. I don't go on a lot of people's podcasts. <clears throat> I don't. There's like, and, and you can ask if you want to, you want confirmation at Colts underscore law. His name is Lawrence Owen. One of my best friends that I met on, like we worked on together on sportscaster. He knows it. I hate going on other people's podcasts. I especially hate going on podcasts for people who are smaller than me. And it's an arrogant, it's not an arrogance thing for me. It's when I go on someone's podcast, I feel like there needs to be a mutual benefit back and forth that we're going to share an audience, right? You come on mine, take some of my audience. I go on yours, take some of yours. Um, but I like you, you know what I mean? And that's, and I like your podcast and that's why I come on here and you are one of nine podcasts that I will go on. And uh, one of the, and one of those nine is the Dean Blundell show. So if you guys are fans of Griff and we don't know each other, even though we like did it down the road from each other, we don't know each other. Never met you of this. No boost this guy's shit because he's good and you guys know he's good because you watch and you listen and you do your thing um and i know i sound arrogant as hell and i'm a little bit arrogant and you know frankly i i deserve to be a little bit arrogant from what i've accomplished in in this whole content creation field but i will only go places that i have fun you know what i mean i don't even have fun on, on the dean blundell show just that's my boss you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. it's a little intimidating going on with dean you know um but there is nine podcasts that I'll go on. I say no to a lot of people, um, but I enjoy it. After we connected, you messaged me that one day. I went and checked you out, and I was like, oh, I like this guy. You know what I mean? And said, I said, do you like, you know, I think I was the initial let's collab, wasn't I? Like, and and I think and I may have sent it to you, and then I okay. like, it was months, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get this guy on because you followed me first before I followed you. Yeah, because it's very rare. I don't follow a lot of people first on Twitter either. I follow back. Just so everybody knows, I'm a big follow backer. Yeah. But I don't follow a lot of people. You got to write something that I see that I like and find interesting to follow. Even though like, people are going to be like, you, have four, you follow 4,000 people. It's because I follow back. And because I'm an ass, a lot of people unfollow me. I don't know who. So I have like 1,000 people I follow now that, that don't follow me anymore that I just I just lose track of. But um, I always follow back until I can't anymore. But um, and then I got to go on a purge. But um, I like you. And, and, and you guys need to boost his shit out because I know you don't want to do it for a living, 
and I'm not necessarily saying you got to go my direction. And, and, you know, what I realized is, is my brand means nothing. It's me um, and my content. And that's, you know, so I sell my content, right. And I use brands like Dean Blundell and live under their brand. Um, so my, my content can be out there. Um, I hope that you go in, in a direction, but I like that. And I like you because you're like, dude, if I fucking five people listen, I'm happy. Right. Yeah. Dude, I'm at a, I'm arrogant enough to be like, fuck, I would quit if only five people listened to me. You know what I mean? Um, which is, I, I, I love that you're just like, fuck it. I do this for fun. And, and I love that. And that's why I'll come back on here anytime you ask me to come on. You know what I mean? I, I love being on this show. It's been fun. I'm going to give you a little hand signal here though. Cause I still gotta, <laughs> I got work. I gotta do. Um, but no, I love it. You're one of the nine. Um, and uh, you keep up what you're doing, bro. Cause I really like what you're doing. Uh, you're very professional and um, yeah, good job, man. Good work. What do you do? And I'm sorry if I came across something super arrogant. I'm sorry if I brought a fucking downer to the show. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it just, it goes different directions. I honestly appreciate that. Really calling out guard, all the stuff you said, look, I'm not saying in the goal where like, I'm trying to do, I never did this. Cause I'm, you know what? I'm going to be a bum to have a podcast. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to get fucking manscaped and like all this other stuff, like all the different podcast sponsors you see out there like i'm not gonna come on here being like hey you need to shave your balls get use promo code griff to get 20 percent off your fucking package and shit like if that happens that's what i'm saying if that ever happens great once i started going and once i started getting a little bit of a following my goal was to get to 100 episodes i don't know if you listen to it the 100th episode i literally gave to the people that have been on the show before and friends call other guests and i basically had them come on here and say why do you love football i literally gave that episode back to the people and each person got to share their story and everyone had a very significant story. My next goal is to get to 200 episodes before the start of next season. I'm at one, this is 142. My original goal is to get to 150 by the end of this, by the end of 2021. Obviously, we're already, fuck, we're already four days in the 2020. Wait, yeah, four days into 2022. Um, I'm going to probably get the one, uh, my, that's my thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at 150 by Super Bowl. That's my big thing right now. And then 200 by kickoff next September. So for me, look, um, if an opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take it, but I'm not doing this, you know, being like, Oh, someone's going to listen. Someone's going to listen. But like I said, someone takes the time out of their day to listen to it. That's, that's all, that's all I can truly ask for. If so, or even if someone too kind of reaches out and says this, like, hell, like my podcast has been listened to in over, I think about like 15 or 16 countries. And they're just like completely random countries. Thanks anchor for those demographics. And even too, I got a fucking Spotify wrapped on my podcast this year. And it said like my listenership was up from 2020 to 2021. And it's like I said, that's all I could ask for. And the fact that I'm one of the podcasts you come, uh, you come on that, that, that means a lot. Cause I know there's a lot of people who I have messaged here, Instagram. I've gotten no soul before. Cause a lot of times I message people, I just throw out, hope even i'll give a perfect example i don't know if you know oh, well you know this guy he works for sportsnet his name's andy mcnamara yep. he's a host on sportsnet 590 i tweeted something at him one day and i literally just, just i looked at myself and i'm like you know what i'm going to tweet him saying hey i have a podcast would you like to come on sometime we've dm'd ever since he's been on a handful of times he literally i can message him and say hey you want to come on and he'll give me 20 minutes of his time i've had uh you probably know him too russell baxter who's a huge following on here um he'll come on here and give me his time. And I also like it because I always learn something new for that. So it's just, there's those like just little connections I've made along the way that you don't, you don't know how far they're going to go, but they truly, they can, they can go quite a way. Yeah. You know, what I realized was, um, again, I, I don't not go on people's 
podcast out of sheer arrogance. There's two reasons. One, I need to see a mutual benefit. Sometimes I see a channel like yours and I like it and I'm like, dude, I want to help build this. And if I can bring my audience over and tweet out, I'm going to be on it. You know what I mean? I'll do that. Yeah. Um, you're hoping to get to, so you started this two years ago. Yes. Literally January 2nd, 2020 was my first episode I recorded. It was the wild card preview show. I had to come on for my second episode because I was sad about the Patriots losing to the Titans and it being Brady's last game and everything. Yeah. So you're hoping to get to 200 by the end of the year. That's your hopes. Uh, kick off for week one of twenty. Kick off week one. Okay. Yeah. So one of the other reasons I don't do a lot of podcasts is uh, for news break seven days a week, I post four to six videos. That's my contract I have with them. Right. Um, I also record 250 episodes of my podcast a year. Right. Um, and then I have to blog for Dean Blundell and I got to do a blog a day for him six days a week. Um, so when we look at a content perspective, I I'm literally putting out close to like 1500 pieces of no more than that whatever the math is. I know for sure it's 250 episodes of my podcast. That's my contract is to do 250 episodes of my car. I've been doing that for three years. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I, it's, I, I know sell some people like I get a, a Hey man, we come on my podcast and I click on it and it's like four subscribers. And I'm like, no, you know what I mean? Like it's no, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You know, like, I'm sorry. Good luck. You know, just to give you an hour. Like my time is very precious to me. You know what I mean? To give you an hour or whatever of my time is, is tough, but, um, you can tell genuine people like, that's not bullshit. We all do this in some way, for some reason, we all want clicks. We all want success. I know it's not the main goal, but we all want success. I think though, that, um, you can see genuine people. Like I'm very, what you guys are getting right now is what you get on my podcast. And it's what you're going to get when you meet me in real life. I've just bullshit. I talk a lot. Uh, I'm a hugger. Uh, I, which is why this fucking pandemic is just killing me. Um, like I can't even, I got a fucking fist bump and elbow and whatever, but, um, I'm a hugger. I'm a loud German Italian who's proud to be Canadian and we just have fun. And that's why like I fit onto a Dean Blundell cause it's just bullshit every day. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm, I'm just, I just add to the bullshit, uh, news break. I don't fit at all. Uh, not sure why I'm there but uh they like me and they pay me so i'm happy um but i'm genuine and the people that i have on my podcast are all genuine people there's nobody fake on my podcast like um i'm not sure if you watch me but like connor like people think connor's yeah. people think he's a character like people legit think that he's making a i'm not kidding you got to see the text messages that him and i have with each other like he is who he is on the podcast i am who i am i'm a little bit of an asshole but i'm a pretty decent guy he's just a clown lawrence is the most genuine person you'd ever meet you know what i mean yeah. cares about you deeply mario's an asshole him and i the text exchanges that him and i have with each other are fucking hilarious if you like two assholes going at it with each other right <laughs> mikey n another genuine guy you know what i mean like he's just he is who he is um very emotional kid very like he's you know he's gonna break down and cry on you it's who he is it's all genuine and i like genuine people i go on podcasts where 
we're having a conversation like this off air and then all of a sudden we go on air and it's somebody completely different and then now i'm not enjoying myself because now it's like you and i are not having the the rapport that we just built off air you and i are now you i'm faking it you know you're faking it you're being somebody different and i'm sitting here fucking so then you're not gonna get me being genuine then you're gonna you're gonna get very robotic answers from me you know what i mean um which is why i've just avoided doing podcasts altogether like other people's podcasts and only choosing a handful that i'll go on you're one of them and i think i started to get genuine from you when you brought up the death threats more than anything but you know what i'm not i'm not trying to make a knock on you i'm not trying to say anything but like i said before that's like that sometimes it's the best because look we had this whole plan like you know what hey we'll talk football we'll do this this and this but it ended up going in a different direction you know what hey it worked it was for the best but i think i think that's going to do it here because i think like look both you and i like look we do this i know you you get paid the podcast like i i i do make some money i do make some money off of from anchor and whatnot but uh we both got to wrap it up because it's like my main source of income has me waking up in about eight hours from now so um gotta go deal with that and then there's some other stuff uh i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole um but yeah that's 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 probably gonna is it wedding it. stuff is a wedding stuff is a wedding stuff no it's have not you, have you started the wedding stuff yet um i haven't asked that i had someone at work ask me this today i've had people message me about this we're enjoying the moment right now I want whenever I say those two words, I do not want to think about COVID. Plus two, there's probably a massive backlog of other couples that proposed two years ago thinking, hey, two years from now, everything's going to be fine. And they're probably scrambling. I don't want to have to worry about, hey, you know, we're going to get in 2022 and then 2022 turns into 2023 and then 2023 turns into 2024. I'm going to give you three words, okay? Okay. This is just for the guys. This is from experience. Yes. Whatever you'd like. Those are the three words. (laughs) What do you like and whatever you'd like. Those are the three words you need to know. And planning the wedding is going to be beautiful. Because what I learned is my wife and I are very equal people. What I learned is when it comes to planning a wedding, there's the way she wants to plan a wedding. And there's the way she wants to plan the wedding. (laughs) Even if she tells you, dude, you're going to sit there and go like, no, no, my, 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 my fiance is not like that. I'm like, no, neither was mine. The white dress changes everything. Just whatever you like there. It's your day. <laughs> that's my advice for you and anybody else that's engaged out there. I completely understand. I completely understand. Uh, well, I was also, before we go, I was going to name this, um, I was going to name this podcast. It's just a game, but I honestly don't I think I got to rethink of what's a good title to give this episode. For this podcast? Yeah. Uh, so Ray, do... Ray sucks the life out of the room. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, just... Honest football. I like it. I like it a lot. Honest football. So, folks, thank you very much for listening to episode number 142 of YWC Football Talk. Honest football. Join me on Thursday as me and Big Rat 310 get you ready for Week 18. He is my resident Miami Dolphin fan. With the dark thoughts of us getting eliminated on Week 18 in my head, I will see you guys on Thursday. Ray, thank you very much for coming on again. All the links for his socials will be in the bio below. Have a good night, guys. I'll see you Thursday. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. 
On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.